This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. You're listening to Mastering Innovation on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Hello and welcome back. I'm Nikolai Zikolko, co-director of the Mac Institute and professor of management here at Wharton. And this is Mastering Innovation on SiriusXM's business radio powered by the Wharton School. Now, I'm thrilled to introduce my next guest, uh, Rachel Glazer. She is the CFO of Etsy. Um, Rachel joined Etsy from Leaf Group, where she served as CFO since 2015. Uh, prior to joining Leaf, Rachel was the CFO at Move.inc., Uh, helped lead the successful sale of the company to News Corporation. And then Rachel was also in senior roles at Yahoo and at the Walt Disney Company, where she spent nearly 20 years in leadership positions in finance, operations, and technology. Rachel, thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Rachel, again, most of our listeners probably have heard of Etsy, but just to make sure, uh, give us a little uh, idea of what is Etsy and give us maybe sort of some numbers around the scale of the operation, because also there's been quite some impressive recent growth there. Well, Etsy is a um, platform whose mission is to keep commerce human. So we um, are a, a platform for over 2 million sellers, about 87% of which are female, um, to sell to over 39 million buyers. So the sellers are all over the world and the buyers are all over the world. And our platform helps connect the sellers to the buyers. And so we have a, a really vibrant two-sided marketplace. Um, we did about four, nearly $4 billion in gross merchandise sales in uh, 2018. And we've been growing. That was about a 21% year-over-year growth rate. Um, and one of the things we love about our Our marketplace is that in a world where our artists, our, our makers really want to focus on their art, our platform really enables um, the business part of what they do so that they can do what they love and we handle the connection of bringing the buyers to their front door. Mm -hmm. So maybe just starting right there, as you said, it's, it's a two-sided platform, so we, we need to make sure we... Uh, have a good value proposition on either side of the platform, <laughs> uh, both for the customers to make it easy for them to find what they want, and on the other hand, uh, for the uh, for the in this case the artists or uh, the contributors uh, to to make their life easier. Um, and again, running a business is not necessarily the first thing that comes to mind if if uh, you uh, are at home and you create some uh, interesting objects. So, how do you help people kind of get become part of this of this community? Uh, become part of this platform. That's the that's the lightning in a bottle that we think we have because it's it's very rare to create a marketplace that has um, enough demand um, to to uh, attract the supply. Mm -hmm. And so the very first day somebody shows up and wants to sell something, if there's no buyers, they're not going to be able to make the sale, and vice versa. If there's buyers right. but there's no supply, mm -hmm. they're not going to be able to. Um, they're not going to want to buy anything. So getting a two-sided marketplace propped up and um, really growing is, is very rare. You can really think of very few of them that have been successful. And so Etsy has achieved that over many years. And what we've the, the uh, proposition we have for our buyers is this. Um, enormous array of very unique items. We've talked a lot up to our investors about wanting to own special. Mm -hmm. We're in a sea of sameness. We can all think of lots of e-commerce players that offer um, 
items that have a, either very good price or are very convenient, mm-hmm. um, and they're mass merchandised. Etsy ha- offers a wider range of things for people that are looking for something unique or special in their lives. So I can think of something unique or special happening almost every month in my life, whether it's an occasion or a holiday, or I just really care very much about expressing myself in a certain way. And so we've been able to attract um, sellers that produce a wide range of items in we talk about our six major categories, but we're in very you know, many, many more categories than that. That, you know, if I gave you a few fun facts, for instance, we sell. Um, I like fun facts. A, Go ahead. <laughs> an engagement ring every 90 seconds, for instance. And we sell um, eight pieces of clothing and a pair of shoes every single minute. And so we, we really sell everything that every retailer does. But the, the things that we have are really unique and customized, especially for your unique and special Yeah. Needs. Now, um, so that's on the on the on the buyer side. Now, that of course then raises the question of how will I ever find that one particular unique item on your site that I really want, right? Um, so that's a big challenge on the on the buyer side. So tell us a little bit about sort of the search capabilities. Presumably, you have invested quite a lot in that to make it make it easier for me as a customer. If I just type in shoe, uh, that that's helpful. But but how do I narrow it down to the one that I will find now amazing and spectacular? You know, that's it's such a good point. And you know, we have been working with a tremendous amount of focus on that for the past. Two years. I mean, the company's been working on it since its inception, but the um, Josh, Josh Silverman, who's the CEO of the company, and I both started about two years ago, mm-hmm. and our CTO started a little bit after we, we did. So with in the past couple of years, our, um, we've been very um, focused on narrowing our um, biggest – we're trying to narrow down to the, the – the fewest priorities that are going to drive the highest amount of value and Mm -hmm. search is one of them. So when you have, we have almost 60 million items on the site and none of them are skewed, there's no UPC code attached to these things and they're each like a snowflake, you know, once they're each one different than the the next. And if you sell this beautiful red cashmere hand knitted um, pashmina, it's, it's gone, you know, mm-hmm. it's literally gone. And so that's a very unique problem for our um, search and machine learning engineers to be able to um, hone in the, on, on a single search result, to hone in the best result for that, for that query. 57% of our searches have over 800 results, and 33% of them have over 10,000. And when you pair that with the fact that um, 83% of the uh, conversions come from the very first page. Mm-hmm. So when I say conversion, I mean the click on the click on the result and make it all the way to an order, you know, to order the item. And 54% of them come from the, the top three rows. It's really important for us to try to find mm-hmm. the um, precise, the the correct result for you. That might be a different result than it is for me. So we yep. spend a lot of time on something called context-specific ranking, where it's trying to take all the data that we can know about you, your geography, your, your, the views you've had on other items, the things you've purchased uh, most recently, yep. and serve up the best results for you that might very different, be very different from the results that, that I would get if I were searching for mm-hmm. the exact same item. And we've been at it for the past, let's call it six quarters, and you know, we've made We've made that search result a little bit better. So, for instance, 
um, a year ago, if you search for a blue desk, um, you might get a page of, of search results that inc- it would include blue desks, but you also might see blue desk lamp and a blue desk clock. Mm-hmm. And now when you search for blue desk, you're much more likely to get a, a list of blue blue desks. So it's getting better, and we've seen it in the um, the impact it's had on our conversion rates and our growth in our top-line sales, but we have a lot more work to do. Yeah. Um, no, so clearly the the task of curating the offering, right, for, for a particular customer is much harder if you have uh, 60 million uh, individual unique items <laughs> than you have a, a few SKUs. Plus, as you're just saying, kind of these items turn around a lot, um, yeah. right? Um, so, so that's interesting you use the word curated because for the most part, it's a completely open marketplace. So any seller who's um, roughly following the guidelines we give for Mm -hmm. items that can be sold on Etsy. So Mm -hmm. very loosely, we say that an item has to be vintage, which we define as something 20 years old or older, Mm -hmm. or it has to be um, something that the maker had some hand in the invention of, whether they um, raised the sheep to to create the wool to knit the sweater themselves, or they designed a a leather bag and they procured the leather uh, designed the look of it, but took it to somebody else to stitch it together. Mm-hmm. But some hand in invention. Yeah. And we, so anybody that follows those rough guidelines can can sell on on Etsy, and we don't limit them. But what mm-hmm. we do is through our search search algorithms, we will give a quality score with all kinds of um, data that is fed into that score, so that we're trying to get the the highest quality items mm-hmm. to the top. So mm-hmm. the scores would include things like is is the photo resolution really great and what is the price of this item relative to other prices in the category and does the seller have a high um, quality rating from other people who have bought from that seller or that shop. Mm-hmm. And so what what we see is that the cream rises to the top and so it's sort of a virtual way of creating where the things that are lower mm-hmm. quality and um uh, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So sure. something that you think is high quality might not be the same thing that I that I think is high quality. But we're trying to factor in all of those elements so that the best items are surfaced um, yeah. first. Right, and that, that's sort of what I meant by the curation for for the for the for this uh, person who's searching. Right, kind of you don't want to say, well, "Wow, here are eight hundred hits. That's nice." Yeah. But right, sort of show me the, the the fifteen or the five or the six. Right, that actually might likely to. Uh, uh, actually address my need. Now, what you just sort of pointed out to, of course, is also obviously a big challenge of every kind of big, big marketplace. And that is how to ensure, right, kind of the authenticity or the the quality of the product on the one side uh, with the other side. And and so the, um, you know, usually it's sort of a little bit, okay, if I, if I don't like it, then I'll, I'll never buy from that person again. Uh, but but I would never buy from this person again, anyways, right? <laughs> on the marketplace. Uh, but I may not come back to Etsy again, right? And that's a big problem for Etsy, right? right. Um, and so so you bear quite often the reputational burden <laughs> of of transactions that uh, people didn't like, after all. So so what you know? So you talked a little bit already about sort of right sort of peer ratings, uh, right? About uh, prior ratings. Uh, what el- What other things have you kind of put in place? Uh, because obviously you 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 cannot you know look and, and and feel every product that's on your website, uh, so you need to put in some some kind of controls, right? Yeah, so we we invest a lot in our member services and trust and safety organization. Mm-hmm. Um, member services supports both buyer and seller with any kind of 
dispute or resolution, you know, where's my item or it wasn't what I expected. And we really help play a mediation role between what the buyer wants and what the seller is um, offering to do. Sometimes they don't always agree with each other and we step in and manage that. So very often we'll, we'll dip into our own P&L to make it right. Yeah. Um, the trust and safety organization is, is similar, but they're monitoring the activity on the website to, to monitor um, what is for sale and does it comply, um, legally comply with yeah. are these things, should they be sold on our website. Right. We, we talk, we stay in very good touch with our advocacy organization on trends like um, there's been things with anti-vaccination and whatever, and what's Etsy's position on, on those types of items that have a large... Um, level of noise around them, yeah. we, we will, it, we, our sellers will also participate in the self-monitoring of what's on the site. So if they see things where they're violating Etsy's policy or they're, um, uh, you know, otherwise things that, that are violating copyright or, or trademark or other things, they, they will report in. And the, so the trust and safety um, group's job is to be to be monitoring to keep the, the site safe mm-hmm. and um, in compliance with what our policy and philosophies are. And I think that works fairly well. There's an active seller forum, and we also have members, uh, you know, our employees monitoring that forum mm-hmm. and trying to step in and, and sort of take the pulse of what's going on and answer questions and monitor where, where we can. Yeah. Um, and you're right, there's a it's our brand. So we very much care about giving a, a a great experience and being a really trusted brand. So there's there's other things I think that feed into that, like um, our payments platform, for instance, and do we take the forms of payment that every seller expects to pay in every market that they're in, and when they give us payment that they know that Etsy stands behind it because they might not have heard of the small mom-and-pop you know, right. uh, business that's, that's selling it. So, we, for instance, one of the things we added – about six quarters ago with seven simple words that said the seller never sees your credit card. So, mm-hmm. you know, that gives them much more confidence that there's a public company standing behind the transaction and their personal information yeah. is not going to be shared with two million people that they don't know. Interesting. Uh, for those of you just tuning in, uh, you're listening to Mastering Innovation on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm Nikolai Zigelko, and I'm speaking with Rachel Glazer, the Chief Financial Officer at Etsy. Um, now, Kind of, there are other marketplaces out there. Uh, there's eBay, <laughs> there's mm-hmm. uh, Amazon, uh, and uh, so tell us a little bit about how. And I think it has already become a bit clear of how kind of Etsy is kind of carving out a particular different positioning in the market than those. But maybe, maybe just sort of to to make it explicit, sort of you know how how do you keep these other players at bay, or how do you differentiate yourselves from these other players? So. Um the first thing I, I'll say is about uh, it, it's really about what our mission is. So mm-hmm. our mission is to, to keep commerce human, and we have two million sellers that many of whom are they have no employees. They're businesses of one. They eighty-seven percent of them are women, and they um, many will work from their homes. They have they don't want to be businesses that have many employees. They're trying to create. Um, a livelihood from their craftsmanship, and you know many of them might not even want to work full time. They, yeah. they want to also be raising children and um, contributing to the household, and so it's a sort of a unique way 
a bit like a gig economy where mm-hmm. we're creating a livelihood for people and a distribution platform for them to get their merchandise um, distributed all over the world. And that's different than I think the mission of those other two companies that you mm-hmm. um, mentioned. The other point I'll make right now is that we, we love our marketplace model for a lot of reasons. Um, it, when you, uh, you're talking to the CFO, so I, I look at it economically. We, take, we don't handle any inventory or any of the um, warehousing distribution or fulfillment. Yep. We help facilitate returns, but we never put our hands on the merchandise. It's mm-hmm. going directly from the creator of the merchandise to the, to the buyer of the merchandise. And so it, it means that we have um, attract, very attractive margins, um, and we, um, you know, we, so we like that economically as a, as a business model, and that's different from, say, you know, Amazon, as you mentioned. Um, it's also different from other companies that might be in the services business where they're handling, um, you know, website creation and other things that, they, that might be more of a SaaS model. Yeah. Um, and in those models, you have... Um, perhaps a lot of a lot there's lower, lower barriers to entry and um, lots of people rushing in, which causes a little bit of price price competitiveness and lower lower ARPU. Sellers will churn out, and um, when once they churn out, they actually lose the revenue. Versus for Etsy, when we when we lose sellers, there's many more to take their place. So when, mm-hmm. when Etsy loses a seller, we rarely lose a sale because right. there's many people selling that that same item. Yeah. Um, and then with an eBay or even companies like um, the Real Real or other companies that are doing more of a, a C2C model where it's a secondary market, mm-hmm. you're taking on the burden of authentication. And in the case of like a Real Real, you're bringing the merchandise into your warehouse. And that's, again, a heavy right. infrastructure apparatus that, that we don't have. So those are sort of the mm-hmm. economic um, differentiation points. I think the reason sellers um, come to Etsy is that we really have their back. We have their the services that they need, and we bring the buyers to the front door of their shop. So we've been mm-hmm. investing a lot in marketing, and we've been investing a lot in our member support, and the investment in marketing is increasing the number of visits, and you know our investment in, in product development has been increasing the conversion rate. And so if you ask sellers what they really want, you know the top three things are going to be buyers and more buyers and more buyers. <laughs> and so I think that that's been beneficial to them. So we, it's a really um, good virtuous ecosystem. Yeah. Well, and then probably one thing they, they would probably add after the fourth buyer uh, is um, <laughs> make it make it easy for me to have these transactions, right? Because I, I don't want to deal with payments. I don't want to deal with all of that, right? And so presumably that's sort of part of the attraction as well, right? That you give uh, good support for how to set up in some sense my, my own store on or uh, on, on Etsy and, and, and deal with the payment side of it, right? The, Maybe. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, of course, e- eBay's done that as well, but I, we we tried to make starting a business as simple as it can be yeah. for the 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 size of the um, sellers that we have. Right now, it's sort of again, it's an in- interesting business model choice that you said. Okay, we really want to focus on these individual artisans, right? And 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 many of these people don't have employees, uh, but but some of them want, right? And some of them want to grow. Uh, and uh, of course, as you know, over time as Etsy evolved, you you 
kind of broadened maybe somewhat somewhat the scope of saying okay well, if it's also unique factory manufactured items that that's okay too kind of they mm-hmm. they still fall under our umbrella but there is sort of a underlying let's say you know you as a CFO you like growth right yeah. <laughs> sort of a uh, right it, it limits somewhat right kind of uh, kind of the growth uh, and uh, again sort of how, how do you think about that that particular trade off right of on the one hand there is sort of this unique positioning on the other hand there's probably a cost in terms of uh, uh, kind of how fast you can grow uh, through individual sellers becoming large. Yeah, so I mean, we we want to grow with them. Um, we we definitely have an eighty twenty sort of dynamic mm-hmm. in the segmentation of our sellers. So the um, minority of sellers generate the majority of revenue, and the, the top decile sellers, many of them, are in the six figure range of their sales, and some of them even more than that. Mm. Um, and so. There are sex, successful seller stories with their businesses that have grown. Our sellers are not necessarily exclusive to Etsy, so um, we know that the majority of our sellers um, make the most of their revenue on Etsy. Mm-hmm. But the other places, you know, they they are able to to go and 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 parallel sell in other yeah. channels. Um, but when we survey our sellers, we know that the majority of the revenue is coming from Etsy. But the the next biggest channel isn't. Um, another uh, larger website. The next bi- biggest channel is all of the craft fairs where they right, where they, where they sell. go. Yeah, and so um, you know they're they're really um, you know many of them really are thriving and flourishing with this human to human connection that we allow them right. on on Etsy's platform, yeah. which is probably another key differentiator from any other. Um, large e-commerce player that you can think about. Rachel, unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for joining me today. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you all so much for joining us. If you have a question about something you've heard today, you know how to contact us. Once again, special thanks to our guests, Cartoon Weiss from Spotify and Rachel Gazer from Etsy. I'm Nicolas Zikoko, co-director of the Mac Institute, and this is Mastering Innovation on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM 132. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 